how are they on the wall? Like they're barely touching it. They're touching these oh. tiny little things. Like how, how am I still <laughs> on the wall? How have I not fallen off? Welcome to Fulfilling Movement Artists, a podcast where we dig into the why of movement, understanding what is it about their movements that gives movement artists a sense of fulfillment, and how does this fulfillment source inform their personal style? Today, we have with us Noah Wilson, and the one who opened up the world of sport climbing to me. Noah is a climbing enthusiast based out of Phoenix, Arizona, who has traveled the world climbing in places like Austria, South America, and more. Amid these impressive experiences, Noah humbly considers himself nothing special in the climbing world. But I'll leave that up to you to decide as the listener. Noah started in the world of movement as part of a marching band in high school. He made his way into calisthenics for the fitness of it, maintaining health and physique. On a search for the missing element of fun, Noah explored martial arts as well. It wasn't until 2018 that Noah picked up climbing. He had heard about it through Instagram and YouTube, so he and his friends started going to the gym a couple times per week. After graduation, his practice fell off. That is, until he found his first outdoor rock climbing trip. Once I did my first outdoor sport climbing trip, that was kind of the turning point for me where I was super in love with climbing. Present day, Noah is sending outdoor routes with a difficulty level of 11D or V5. For those unaware of climbing ratings, these are not simple routes. Noah's perspective and today's conversation focus on a few key motivators of his movement, touching even on social drive and adventure. Noah discusses the concepts of schema and tension, and how these play a role in his fulfillment as a movement artist. In the end, he describes the single climbing move that currently brings him the most fulfillment while climbing. As always, I start the conversation with the question, what is a movement artist? I would say a movement artist is someone who engages in some type of movement in an artistic way for fulfilling purposes. Oh, so fulfillment is a part of your definition of a movement artist. I would, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I guess technically. If it's artistic, I feel like that's like sort of inherently tied with some type of fulfillment. All right, I like that. So the follow-up question to that is, do you consider yourself a movement artist? To be honest, I would hesitate to apply that term to myself. There's a lot of us out there, amateur dudes who like climbing. I'm one of them, nothing, nothing special. So I would hesitate to apply the term movement artist to myself. I just don't necessarily view my climbing so much as art, but maybe your views would differ. Noah's hesitation to call himself an artist seemed to stem from his amateur level, or his perspective that there was nothing special about his climbing movements. I encourage you to listen carefully as we dig into why he moves and uncover the unique aspects of his movements. I propose... These nuances of his movement make Noah more of an artist than he lets on. What was different about outdoor door climbing that made that click? Oh, uh, that's a good question. There's a, there's a lot of differences. I mean, there's a lot of just like 
mechanical differences about the climbing. The rock feels different. It's, it's actual rock. There's no obvious where to grab. It's a lot more free form. When you're in a gym, there's like wall that you can't do anything with and holds that you can do stuff with. So it's very obvious what you're supposed to try to do. But outdoors, it really opens up a lot more options. It's like, well, for my body type, it works a little bit better to do this foot instead of this foot four inches below it. Even though the foot is worse, it just feels better. And then there's also just kind of aspects of, of reading the route. It's fun to climb up and see like, oh, I can see somebody else has used this hold a lot. There's a lot of chalk there. I'll reach and see if it's good. Oh, it is good. And then reach around. There's no chalk here, but it looks like maybe something. And oh, it turns out to be good. It's just, yeah, I just felt like there was more variables outdoors than indoors. And I appreciated that. Opportunity for exploration? Yeah, more opportunity for like creativity in the way that you do it. Whereas indoors, I mean, it, it definitely applies indoors. A lot of times people will climb a route using two different methods. But outdoors, it's almost a guarantee that, that people are going to have at least some differences in the way they climb it because there's just so many more possibilities. Awesome. And was that for you something that made it a lot more appealing? Yeah, yeah. It made it more enjoyable. It made it a lot more, I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed doing the indoor climbing, but it was once I was outdoor, it was like, this is everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then that definitely makes it more appealing to, to go on trips when I go outdoors. It's... I know I'm gonna go and have that super fun experience, so more appealing to go on those kind of trips. If you were to summarize the way that you gain fulfillment out of your rock climbing, what is it about the movements in rock climbing that make you feel fulfilled? About the movements in rock climbing only, or can I expand into other aspects that aren't necessarily movement related? You can start there, and okay. then I'll dive deeper. All right, cool. So the things, yeah, I'll, I'll just start very broad then. The things about rock climbing that sort of fulfill me I'll break down into big categories. One is the movement. We'll come back to that. Mm -hmm. um, one is the social aspect of it. That's sort of how I'm, all of my friend group, all of my social life now is through climbing. Yeah. Another one is spending time outdoors, just being in nature in general. And then the fourth one, kind of closely related to that, would just be like a sense of adventure. Like going out and having, having a sense of adventure. I'm outdoors, I'm doing something. I'm trying to accomplish something. I have a goal and at the end of this, I'll have either achieved it or not, and either way, it was an adventure. Yeah, the pursuit of that goal. Yeah. Nice. Let's dive into that movement now. Okay. Those were all great sub points. You had it very logically broken <laughs> down. Are you an engineer? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the aspects of movement that like fulfill me the most in climbing are sort of a sense of, a sense of ease and efficiency in my movement, in that it's mm. like, when, you, when you're new to climbing, it's very common to see new climbers really bunched up on the wall. They've got their elbows bent and their hands are close to their, their shoulders. They're, they're pulling a lot. And the more experience you get, the more you can realize that you can extend your arms. And there's so many positions in climbing where you're in a position that maybe looks very intense to somebody who doesn't climb, but you're really just, all of your weight is on your feet and your hands are just kind of stabilizing you on the wall. And it's a, it's a position that when you're a new climber, feels like you're gonna fall, it feels insecure, but as you gain more experience, those same positions feel really secure. And I sort of like having like gone through that transition and then, yeah, just the, the feeling of tension in your body, the feeling of your hands on a rough hold that you feel secure on, all of those just sort of proprioceptive inputs are satisfying. Awesome. Proprioceptive inputs, what's the term? Is it the ASMR? <laughs> no, I don't think I get ASMR from climbing. Hmm. That the feel of the rock and the achievement of that ease, or is it the perception of 
others seeing you do this difficult thing and just knowing that it's almost like a satisfaction, like ah mm -hmm. oh, yes. No, it's more it's more <laughs> so the first one. It's the it's the e the ease of it. Like there have been when I was newer to climbing, and this still happens sometimes, where I'll see a super strong climber do a move in the gym or outdoors, where I'm sort of like, how are they on the wall? Like they're barely touching it. They're touching these oh. tiny little things. And then sometimes I'll get that feeling too, where I'm climbing and I go for a move and I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna do this. But you kind of touch it and you really try for it and you're like, oh shit, I'm here. Like how, how am I still <laughs> on the wall? How have I not fallen off? That feeling I really like. I, I identify with, I've, I've never thought of it in that way, but I do like that. And I've had some times that have surprised me. What about once you've made a move like that before, you know you're co now confident that you can make this move of this type, is it still as fulfilling when you go for it the next time? Yeah, definitely. In, in, in some cases, it can be more fulfilling because it's like the first time I go for it, if it's a type of move I've never seen before, which in climbing, the amount of types of moves and holds there are is really vast. So it takes a ton of experience before you're really familiar with every type of move that could possibly exist. And I'm sure I'm not familiar with all of them yet. Mm -hmm. So if I come across a new type of move that I'm not familiar with, doing that at first is fun in an exploratory way. It's like, oh, how does this work? Like, I've never felt like my arm is getting pulled this way and my other foot I need to like push with or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Make enough examples. But then as you practice it more and more, it starts to feel really confident. And that's what I like is come is a move that I didn't feel confident in and then I get good at it and I find it on another problem. And it's like, oh, now I can do this and I'm familiar with what that pattern feels like. It's like, yeah, you grab here, way over onto your leg or whatever the situation is and then reach for the next hold. Whereas at the beginning, you need to concentrate so much on like, what are the specifics here? Grabbing the sweet spot of the hold. Do I want my head like near my arm? Am I supposed to be looking at the hold? And mm -hmm. yeah, just like that kind of progression applicable to different different rock types, different rock faces, and using that same cross-applying that skill. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's like, I read a book, uh, Training for Climbing by Eric Horst, and he talks a lot about schemas, which is uh, kind of a mm -hmm. neuroscience topic, about how people categorize big, just big topics in their, in their head, or big, it's, a, it's like sort of a pattern recognizing device that humans have. So he talks about schemas in the context of climbing in sort of that way. Let's say that there's a move that I'm going to that is like a, a, a Gaston that I'm not familiar with. So I, I get familiar with that move and now my body is familiar with that very specific move. If I was in a gym where I'm allowed to like reset the holds maybe, then what, you, what I would like to do is take the hold off the wall and change its angle a little bit, try the move again, or take the hold off the wall and put it in a slightly farther location and try the move mm -hmm. again. And by doing all of those very similar moves that are still slightly different, it helps to build a more broad schema that gets you more quickly familiar with that move in a wide variety of contexts. So then, like you were saying, that could apply to outdoors. There could be a very similar move on sandstone or on limestone that could feel quite different just because of the texture of the rock, or it could feel quite similar because you are you have a robust schema for that type of move and the rock texture doesn't necessarily play such a big role. I've never heard of that before. I love it. Yeah, I could see that applied to many other movement arts as well, and even crossing between these arts. Yeah, I would definitely imagine for things like dance and like acro stuff where it's like, yeah, you're on a trapeze and you're doing a pull up or you're spinning or something, very similar to being on one of those hoops, whatever they're called. A lira. A lira, <laughs> yeah. I, w I would imagine, yeah, there's a kind of a, a similar schema carryover between those activities. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking about rock climbing, go and apply a Gaston on a, on a aerial silk, or even dance, I mean, a little different muscle activation dancing, <laughs> but you know, you could apply these movements in different spaces, so I love that concept, and 
and you're saying to tie it back to that fulfillment that being able to build that repertoire and become comfortable in applying these in multiple spaces is really satisfying. Yeah, right. Especially the getting confident on a move that you can still remember when you weren't confident at and just seeing that progress. Oh, yeah. Historical experience. Yeah. I think this is a good time to move on. I just realized we never explicitly asked you, what is your movement art? I think it's pretty clear at this point, though. Oh, it's rock climbing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I mean, trapeze was pretty fun. I might get into is, that, too. Uh, is there a specific... Oh, nice. <laughs> is there a specific type of a style of rock climbing that you consider to be your movement style? Oh, uh, sure, yeah. In, I guess the particular phrasing there, I wouldn't consider it to be mine, like like I have ownership over it or that I'm necessarily super mm -hmm. good at it. But my favorite st styles in general are overhanging climbs with good holds that allow you to use more of your body strength and you're not necessarily, so your, your limiting factor is more likely your ability to pull, your ability to do pull-ups and rows, mm -hmm. less so your ability to hold onto small edges. You tend to find those more so on overhanging routes just because of the nature of physics. And that, that, so that, that is my preferred style is overhanging routes, especially if you can find something completely overhanging, a roof that is essentially horizontal. I'm a big fan of those kind of, that style of climbing. Also, yesterday when we were out over the water, that, that final route, we've got video footage that we can use actually in <laughs> yeah. this podcast. Except they didn't send it, so <laughs> With, They don't have to know that. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it next weekend and send you a, a video just to put it instead. <laughs> But that, that one's really satisfying. That's a really fulfilling space right there. Oh, that last route we were on? Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. That is, that's not super overhanging. That last move is overhanging. That falls into the category I'm thinking of. Okay. But more so like the type of boulders that we have in pre-straw in Flagstaff, Arizona. That's sort of like an area that's well known for being roof climbing. So it's all, it's essentially totally horizontal. You're climbing with your back parallel to the ground, usually not very high above the ground because you're bouldering. But that same type of uh, climbing exists, of course, in much longer routes, like on sport routes where you climb vertical for a while and then switch to horizontal and then back to vertical and so on and so on. Okay, so I like this, that horizontal. The style that you prefer it isn't specific to just one type of climbing. They've got a couple types of climbing for those of you who are unfamiliar with climbing, bouldering where you have no ropes, top roping or sport climbing where you have ropes and trad where you are putting up your own gear you still have ropes and you could look those up if you want yeah those fine details but yeah i'm a i pretty much only do bouldering and sport climbing more so a sport climber than a boulder but i enjoy both of them all right so i touched on the stylistic elements but that was more so the style as generally accepted in the climbing space you like the overhang of the style of the rocks that you're climbing, but now let's talk about your style in terms of your climbing methods. Okay, like training methods or like how I send a route? How you send a route, yes. I just try to go up and tell them to <laughs> <laughs> Let's say that there are two people sending an overhang. Okay. Your, your favorite style. What's going to make someone watching you, they just, all they see is your movements. How will they know that that's you? So, cool question. I think my style compared to other climbers could be characterized by, I'm generally pretty dynamic of a climber, I'm all, but weirdly I'm also a very slow climber. So I like to do like big moves where you need to use momentum to get to the hold because it's far away. 
But then once I'm on that hold, especially if it's good, I usually like to kind of take my time on it, which in some ways isn't, isn't great technique, but I mm -hmm. just enjoy the feeling of I'm on this bomber hold, I'm really gonna like enjoy the tension in my back and my arms and kind of slowly move on, move on to the next stuff. And then I've also been told that I tend to use higher feet on overhangs, not so much on slab climbing and, and vertical face climbs, but on overhangs, I tend to get my feet closer to my hands than most climbers. I'm not sure exactly why that is. If I... That impressive flexibility. Yeah, flexibility. I have longer legs than I think is normal for my height, so maybe that has some physiological aspect to, to do with it, but yeah, I think those are kind of the main characteristics of my style. I did definitely notice some of those climbs yesterday. As you were going up, you see all the muscles flexing your back and you're just hanging out there, slow motion moving to this yeah. next one. <laughs> that is one of my climbing friends that I climb with. I recently was trying to resend a boulder that I sent before. And as I was doing, he's like, you look like molasses, man. Why are you taking so long? And I was like, looking at the video afterwards, I do just take a very long time on every hole. Well, how do you feel about that? Is, do you enjoy the fact that you take... Do you do take pride in that? It would be cool if I was a stronger climber. If I was like, a, if I was crushing V10s and I'm just like doing it super slow and luxuriously, that would be like super cool. But I think that's an aspect of my style that kind of holds me back in some ways. Like I know I have other friends that I know who climb quickly and they, I, I like, I have two, two close climbing friends, both who climb very quickly. One who is extremely flowy and elegant in the way that he climbs. He just looks like he knows exactly what to do and he, he does. And my other friend who also climbs very quickly, but has a little bit more of a frantic style. It's like he's kind of constantly changing positions until he feels the right position and then it's on to the next move. And then it's the same thing, kind of constantly changing positions till it feels right and then on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And I tend to be similar in that, to that second style where I'm feeling around positions till it feels right, but I'm taking my time to feel confident that I found the optimal position to do that next move. You're compiling your catalog of schema. Yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then that way, once you get it down, so... Yeah, so this not... is just a long-term strategy. I'm intentionally climbing slow so mm -hmm. that I can really build those schemas, and in a few years, then I'll start climbing fast and be real good. Mm -hmm. Top of the top. <laughs> <laughs> Final question. Well, I guess I have two questions. But before I get to this last one, I want to tie together this style and what we discussed earlier around fulfillment. Okay. Do you feel that the things that bring you fulfillment influence the style that you climb with, that you just described? Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I do think there's a lot of interplay there where, like I was saying, a lot of when we were going more specifically into what's fulfilling about the movement, a lot of it to me is like feeling the tension in my body of being like, oh, in order to hold this position, I need to like really, like if I'm on a roof and I need to keep my hips close to the wall, you need to really flex your hamstrings and lower back to keep your hips up close to the wall. So I like feeling that tension and then I let, and I think the enjoyment of feeling that tension leads me to have the slow aspect of my style. And I think, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that kind of, a, yeah, that is interesting. I think that would apply to all of the aspects of my style that I could kind of separate and deduce where getting high feet, I think is kind of related to that because it lets me like really like push into my lower back and round out my back in, in positions that I where if it's like slightly overhanging, getting those high feet, yeah, just I think leads to more of that tension and that feeling that I'm looking for. And touching also on that building of a catalog, a building of a schema, that fulfillment piece around doing uh. a difficult move and finally getting that move and being able to build it and apply it in different spaces. Uh -huh. How does that element 
influence this style? I think there's certainly some interplay there, but sort of indirectly. Hard to put my finger on exactly why I pick the schemas that I pick. And in a lot of ways that uh, for, for me, and I think for a lot of climbers, you can end up holding back your climbing where you develop your abilities too much on the styles that you're comfortable with, and then the styles that you're not comfortable with, you never really build on. So if you're climbing a route that is mostly your style, but you come to a handful of moves that are your anti-style, that could completely stump you, even if you're a very strong climber, just because you've been neglecting this aspect of your climbing. Hmm. Will you move on for those routes, or do you expand your schema? Personally, what I try to do is I want to be a well-rounded climber. I would rather be someone who's good at sport climbing, overhanging routes, and doing slabby boulders, and doing multi-pitch endurance stuff. That I would rather be pretty good at all of those things than a superstar in any one of those things. That's just, but that's just me. Most, I think most climbers are more so like, this is my style of bouldering, I want to get super good at it, and I only boulder, and I only do this style. Not everybody, but yeah. Well, last piece, I asked you this while I was 12 feet off the ground hanging onto a, a crimp over the water yesterday, but what is the, your favorite single move Oh yeah, in rock climbing? Favorite single move, I'm sure there's a name for it, I'm not a knowledgeable enough climber to know. I've just been into it lately. I think this is probably just a scheme I've recently started to dial in a little more. It's a, it's a type of move, you're usually overhanging slightly, not like a roof, but just a little mm -hmm. bit of an overhang, and maybe you're sort of traversing on that overhang. Traverse meaning? You're going laterally and not up. You're going okay. left or right. So th this is, I'm sure, like I said, I don't know the name for it, I'm sure there is one, where maybe there's a handhold out to your right that you want to get to, but you can't reach it, but there's also a foothold. So you put your foot out there, and the particular move I'm thinking of is usually like a heel hook on a hold, and you pull yourself with the heel until you can reach it. And it, it, it's the more you pull, the more stable it feels. So as you're pulling, you're like, yes, 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 and then you can reach it, and now you're super stable. You've got an extra point of contact. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that, that's a move that I've been very into lately, but there's a lot of types of moves that I enjoy. <laughs> that's just my latest interest. Yeah, let's tie that one back into feeling about that, that tension and that tactile experience, not only are you experiencing through your hands, like I've been imagining most of this conversation through, but now you're actually experiencing that tactile tension and slow motion through your leg as an oh, absolutely. point touch point. Yeah, all of this, all of climbing is very much like tactile through your whole body the entire time you're doing it. It's like, yeah, I've got your hands on something that feels secure, you put your foot on something and maybe you don't even feel super well what you're on, but you remember looking at it and it was really good. Or you put your foot on something and you remember looking at it and it looked crappy, but it feels good, so you're gonna trust it and <laughs> hope, it, hope it works. Yeah, it's definitely a full body tactile experience. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. With his ever-growing abilities, Wilson is driven by the unexpected ease that can emerge while advancing as a climber, when the unthinkable becomes natural. He's driven by the exploration of schema, or new movement patterns on the rock face, as he builds out a catalog of movements. He is fulfilled through the feel of the rock, the tension held in the body. This fulfillment through tension and schema influences a characteristic, even artistic, slowness to his movement style. And while he may not be the best climber out there, I believe Noah's approach, both calculated and elegant, drives nuance in his movements to make his movements unique to him. If that doesn't mean you're a movement artist, Noah, I'm not sure what will. If you've enjoyed hearing Noah's story, 
You can follow him at noah.c.wilson on Instagram, as seen in the podcast description. He is actually climbing in Switzerland right now. If you've heard of something you could apply to your own movement, let me know at flyflipflow. And press the share button to send this to someone who may enjoy joining the conversation so we can continue to explore the art of movement and find fulfillment through the movement artist in each of us.